Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern-day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Okay, awesome. We are live on Rockfin. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitter. Um, I have with me someone I've been wanting to talk to for for quite a while. I'm glad we were able to uh, to, to get to get it going here. I have Mr. Scott Armstrong from the uh, Truthzilla podcast and now the new Rebunked podcast. So, uh, Scott, thanks so much for joining me today. Kyle, man, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, man. Like we like you said, we've been kind of uh, setting up things and things fall okay. fall through the cracks. Awesome. And uh, yeah, no, really great to really great to be here with you. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I think you, we, we talked a little bit pre-show, but you know, we were my, my show Truthzilla. I know like we were part of like the 5 million podcasts mm-hmm. that came out in 2020. Right. You know, it was a really, really awesome time. Um, obviously the world was, was wild and crazy, but a lot of us were really starting to think about, you know, what, what the heck is really going on out there. And that's why I really appreciate about all the, all the work you've been doing. Um, tell everybody a little bit about, about the new show you started a few months ago. Sure. Yeah. So probably most people will have seen me or familiar with me from uh, Truezilla, the Truezilla podcast. You know, that was the that was the baby. That was the the initial pilot show. Um, that, that show kind of broke broke apart back in January. Um, I ended up leaving the show uh, and started the new show. It's called Rebunked. Um, so you know, trying to just keep the energy going, just talking to people, interesting people, people that I have an interest in talking to, you know, but I really want to focus on solutions. I really want this to be like a solution focused show. You know, we've been talking to, you know, I talked to like Aaron and Kingsley from float talking about like social media. Um, yeah. Anyway, just, just really hoping to, and then Adam from Deborah gets red pilled, you know, about his, his whole homesteading adventure and everything. And then, uh, you know, just, uh, a whole bunch of different topics. Like we'll see, but it's been fun, man. It's been really, it's different. It's different doing a show by yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's something that I didn't, uh, really take into consideration, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And then, uh, yeah, it's going great, man. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely appreciate the, the, the solo aspect. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool. Cause it's kind of, you know, you have your own say and purview to, to do it, but it's like, it's all on you, you know, good, mm-hmm. good or bad, good or bad. And, you know, um, I know you've done a few solo shows. I've done kind of a few solo live streams. It's, it's, it's not the, not the easiest thing. It's always, I, I love what we're doing here is kind of bouncing ideas off each other mm-hmm. and, and talking about, what what you said about about solutions because I think we all know that there's some massive problems. You know, we we've talked about this kind of stuff ad nauseum about about what and who and why things are happening. Yeah. But it's like what wh- what what can we do about it? So um, t- tell me a little bit about about some of what you've you've heard and what and like what your thoughts are about what you specifically want to do going forward. Totally. totally, man. And so you know, pretty early on in 2020, like there was like kind of this parallel in my life where it was, you know, we started the podcast and then out of that kind of born that, you know, grew out this like community, both like locally and then just all over the world. You know, we have people reaching out to us and uh, just contacting us. And it was just a really powerful thing, you know, very early on. I don't even remember where like the idea even came from, uh, but realizing that, you know, we were in for some dark times ahead and that really the only time to get, the only way to get through it is with like community and like-minded people, you know? And so, uh, I would say probably the biggest part of that was uh, getting involved with the freedom cell movement very early on, 
which is uh, something that was started by Derek Bros and John Bush. It's basically uh, you go to freedomcells.org and it's basically like a, just like a map of all the different freedom cells throughout the world. And basically we just really got involved with, you know, building community locally, you know, like having meetups, like all through 2020, you know, whether we were meeting in a park for a while there, we got access to like a, a dance studio that was kind of sympathetic to the cause. And we were able to do meetups there, but it was really just building community, having meetups. We ended up doing like a little freedom festival up near Portland. Uh, I'm out here in Oregon. So all your listeners that may not know I'm out here in belly of the beast and uh, <laughs> just been insane out here. But, uh, but yeah, so really just finding the value and coming together as a community and just kind of building off of that, you know, and I think that even still, that's really our only solution. You know what I mean? Like as this insanity continues to unfold as whatever clampdowns continue in whatever degree they do, and they may take on different forms. Like we kind of, I feel we've withstood the first round of like the ejection tyranny, right? Like we kind of withstood that to a certain degree. I'm sure there's, there sounds like there's still people being affected by that for sure. But you know, just realizing that the best way to not comply is to not have to rely on any of these systems, right? To completely remove yourself, to get to position yourself, like especially right now, this would be the time to do it. Everybody, 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 take this downtime where they're kind of like loosening up a little bit to gather your resources and build community and like do meetups and, and start growing food, man. Like just like in every way, shape, and form that we can remove our reliance on the system is really the only way we're gonna be able to withstand this, really. Right. And, and it's, it, it, and it's huge. It, there's so many different ways you can, you can take that. Right. But it's like, do, do something, you know, everybody has, has different ideas and thoughts about what they, what they want to do. And like you said, now's the perfect time because, um, you know, it's one thing that, you know, Charlie Robinson says on his show a lot. He's like, a lot of these things you'd rather be one week ahead than mm. like a week too late because some of these things, like if these control systems, financial system, um, what have you, cur uh, currency, you know, a supply mm -hmm. chain, it, if this, if this stuff breaks down, I mean, you, 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 you don't have a prayer at that point if you haven't been, you know, preparing and thinking about, it. but like you said, with, with, with community, that's, that's so, so majorly important because you saw the things that they wanted to shut down early on, right? They wanted to shut down, you know, bars and restaurants. They wanted to shut down churches, you know, places where historically people have gotten together and shared <laughs> ideas and had common, you know, you know, thought thought patterns about how 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 they viewed the world, and when that was when that was broken, um, the physical contact it was it was in, in, it was insane. But you saw it kind of shift, you know, to the online presence, right? So, but but I really appreciate what you're saying about the the online presence and you know doing podcasts. It's it, it's great, and it's a great way to reach people that aren't in your geographic area, but. Um, reach out and find people locally that, that you can talk to that if things go down, like, like you said, you can um, go back to the old system, right? You can barter. Like I have the excess of this. You have excess of this. Let's find a way to, to make this stuff work. Yeah, it looks like you've got plenty of uh, Star Wars memorabilia that'll hopefully be worth something in, in, in the new world, right? <laughs> it'll be worth something or it'll be worth nothing. I should probably start con converting it into some kind of currency at this point, to be honest. So No, dude, I feel like that's great. That's great. Like, that's always going to have value, you know, like, like remembrances of the old world, right? Like, that's absolutely like, yeah, man. Uh and I feel like, so anybody that's listening, like Freedom Cells is a great way to kind of get started with that. And like one of the pieces of advice that we've always, and I've always said is like, you know, if you go to freedomcells.org and you look up in your little geographical region, and if there isn't a Freedom Cell in your area, well, then that means that it, you have to start one. If you start one, if you build it, they will come totally, you know, and it's been a great thing for us. 
Uh, you know, we've, I've met some of the most amazing people here, but, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. However, all that being said, I have made the decision to actually leave Oregon. So I'm actually leaving my little community here that I built and I'm going to go somewhere else. You know what I mean? And then that's just a decision I made, you know, all these different areas of my life have kind of like, like pretty much I lost all my attachments here in, in Eugene. And I'm like, you know what? I just owe it to myself. Like I've been, it's been on my heart very heavy just to go explore somewhere else. And so, yeah, I'm not making the move actually next week, week from tomorrow. I'm going to be uh, with a friend. We're going to pack up and drive to Tennessee and uh, awesome. It's new, yeah. It's going to be the new, the new home. So yeah. Yeah. About that. That, yeah. that, that's good. It, it's a great, a great fresh start in somewhere where, you know, Tennessee is kind of a mixed bag, right? Like, yeah. like some places, but I think, you know, as far as freedom goes, I mean, I think you probably are going to be in for a, a whole world of something pretty awesome. So, yeah. you know, tell me a little bit about kind of the, the living in Oregon in, in environment and, and how that's been. So, like, uh, for, for those who don't know, I live in, you know, Northeast Ohio. And mm-hmm. while we were affected like everybody was, it obviously wasn't as bad as, as some yeah. places, I would say, on the West Coast. So for people like me that, you know, didn't have to experience a lot of the crazy, like a lot of the crazy stuff we just saw online, right? You're like. Tell me about a lot, like some of the craziest stuff that, that you'd seen and, and experienced with, with you or people, you know, over the past few years out there. Totally, man. Yeah. So it's, it's been like literally, so I, man, they just, I don't even know where to begin. Like it's just been <laughs> insanity. Like all these people that I considered to be, you know, friends, like people, friends that I consider to be family, like they immediately like turned their backs and, and went separate ways and kind of the biggest impact, like that, how it's impacted me personally. And then, and just the insanity where it's really affected me was, uh, so I I'm, I'm a person I'm, I'm in recovery, right. From like substance use. Right. I've been like sober for years and years and I actually worked as a drug and alcohol counselor for many years, like up until this whole thing, at which time they made it, you know, the shots mandatory. And then that job wasn't available to me. So, but prior to that, you know, being a person who's in the recovery community, quite a bit, like very, very involved, uh, at many different levels in the recovery community, both like putting on events and like just being like going to meetings a lot and trying to like sponsor guys and stuff like that, you know, very involved. That, that has been like my lifeblood. That has been like my, my, just like everything, you know, like this, that was such a huge, huge, huge part of my life. And literally that whole community just completely bought in. Like, like the people who were like on basically the board, you know, like in, in the community, they have like a, like a board of people that's like, you know, a treasurer, secretary, chairperson that kind of makes like the administrative type of decisions for the area, even though it's a very decentralized type of uh, process. But there is still like a kind of a somewhat governing body that I was actually a part of. I was on that governing body for our local area, but I was literally the only person who, uh, you know, had any objection to what was going on. And I still felt like the most important thing was to continue to have these meetings and continue to still have places for addicts and alcoholics to show up. And like, especially now. Right. Yeah. But they were like, no, 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 no. They shut down all the meetings in the whole community. And they, they have a list like online, like where you would go online to go find a meeting. Like, let's say you're suffering, you need to go to a meeting or you're just like, whatever. Right. You know, you go online, you go to the website, you go find the list of meetings and then you go to the meeting. Right. That's how it works. They took all the meetings off the list. So there were some like renegade meetings going on. Like we were meeting in the park. We were meeting in like people's houses, you know, and, 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 but they made the executive decision to take all the meetings off. So people out there in the community that were like looking for help, like they wouldn't be able to access it or find it, you know? 
And I can say for like a person, not only a person in recovery, but also a person, you know, I was working in a clinical setting, you know, as an outpatient counselor and watching firsthand, like it's just been the most devastating, mind numbingly awful thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I know people that have overdosed yeah. and died, overdosed and survived, but like uh, people that have committed suicide and just being on the front lines of it. And there's, there's so much of that, you know, you don't hear the stories about the person who you know, one needed, really needed a meeting that day, or maybe they, this is the day they decided to get sober and, oh, but there was that meeting I went to like five years ago. I'm going to go to that meeting. They go there and the door's locked. Right. It's like, right. There, there's no stats on like stuff like that, you know? And so there's yeah, like, the, the, the psychological effect of that, yeah. of that one moment. And like, yeah. I think you, there's been so many studies that have come out recently, right? Like the whole lockdown thing had yeah. such a more negative, uh, tremendously negative effect on on people that have been in addiction that people have had suicidal ideations and, and things yeah. like that and totally. like, like you said there's no way to, to to number that kind of stuff um all all over something that had a 0.003 percent um issue right yeah. it, it's it's absolutely disgusting and it's and it's disgusting like you said that you were the only person that wasn't on board with this and you know that's that's one of the most frustrating things is that, you know, I think we, we know a lot of people, you know, around the country or around the world pushing back against this stuff. But it's like it sometimes feels like in these local communities that everybody is just drinking, drinking the Kool-Aid and nobody's willing to just just ask a question. You know, it's, it's not they have to go down all the rabbit holes we do, but like just just ask a question like, well, well why are we doing this? But, you know, the, you've seen that the, all the parents that go to PTA means all this kind of stuff, they just these people are shamed to death for just questioning something yeah. and it's that's the most frightening thing about it is is just you're not able to ask a question which then that should be a question to those people like why can't i ask this question so it's a man wild situation yeah 100 percent. like that like how did we descend into this state where well i mean obviously we know how but just the the the, the like it's almost like a criminal act now to question or, or to step outside of any sort of boundaries you know what i mean and it's like but you know we we this is this these are tactics these are tactics that, are, that have been imposed in the past and like man you know i really wanted to get your take on this too like this is like a, having just listened to uh, like i told you i got about an hour left of intergalactic totalitarianism and it's so badass that you did Thank that you. dude like, like there's a whole bunch of things i want to i want to i had i had on to ask you but but like, you know, so you do a great exploration of like, you know, historical context in terms of like, you know, what we're seeing now, like, hey, this is like history repeating, like literally, right? I mean, these are these are tactics that they used, you know, the, 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 you know, like talking about like the 10 stages of genocide, for example, like the dehumanization of people or, or the, the, the making it so that you're not allowed to question things like this is something we've seen in the past, like, like, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it, it, um, <clears throat> it, it just really once you understand like once you understand history you know you don't even really need to know all the ins and outs of the current scheme to know it's a scheme yeah. you know it's just um it, it's from it's from this same it, it's from this same playbook and it, it's all about it's just really all about emotion pretty mm -hmm. much all these situations are just about feeding off of people's emotions whether it's politicians going on going on tour trying to to get elected whether it's um you know, uh, other other kinds of, of of rights and organizations that are trying to appeal to you. It's all about feeding off of people's emotions, and, and the, the 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 truth and the facts of the matter are really irrelevant and in, in, in second nature. If if you don't go along with it, you're just going to get you know a, a butchered along the way. But it's like yeah, you know, like history. You you saw 
you know, especially right now with with the economic turmoil we're having, like you saw what happened, you know, Weimar Germany yeah. leading up to World War II, you know, hyper, hyper inflation, you know, all those crazy stories about, you know, piles of money to go go buy some food. I mean, it's like we're dangerously approaching that kind of of, of area with the, with the inflation that we've had going on. And we we all we all know that the reason for the inflation isn't what they're saying, which is uh, is co- almost comical at this point that it, that it's Russia's fault. Um, totally. that, that they've been printing money for, for like three years now. And it's, it's all of a sudden, um, R- Russia's fault, but people need to understand history because these things, I, I don't like to say that they repeat, like it's, it's a rhyme, right? Just like, yeah, yeah, uh, totally. if you look at a verse in a song, you know, you're not going to rhyme the same word with the same word, but it's very, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. So like w- once you, once you understand the, you know, the control, the control scheme, it just, it, it repeats over and over throughout history and it's all about just just playing off people's emotions and once you can get people in a you know lowered state of consciousness they're just easier to control yeah well i mean that's interesting like i I just thought of this like so you know the weimar republic it was like the collapse in germany isn't it true after that like that was the justification for like you know hitler and all them or the people that controlled hitler right to go in and say you know okay hey we we can blame this on all these people right when and then that allowed them to push forward and justify their agenda so maybe that's part of this what we're seeing now is like deliberately well we know they're deliberately trying to collapse the dollar i mean there's no question about that but then they can use that as the 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 what is it crisis consent and control yeah control mechanism in order to create the crisis and then you manufacture the 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 consent and then the control being like they can now they can really put the clamp so they've i've been saying this for like the last year and a half like literally this chessboard is positioned so perfectly to demonize you know people who think outside the box right like they have they're one false flag away from being able to just remove everybody's rights martial law lock everybody up take your guns all the things across the board and uh what better even better way to pin it on these folks is just like collapse the economic system and blame it on us right or anybody who sympathizes with russia or whatever you know lump them all into one category so like this is all part of that that hegelian you know we're just marching along the, 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 we're just, we're in that crisis phase right now, right now. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and one thing that you've been talking about on your show is that um, some of these narratives, especially around the COVID stuff have, have been collapsing at a, at a, at a dramatic rate. And I think, can, can you give everybody um, insight into the, like the name of your show, like how, how you okay. discover, how you determine the name of the show? Cause it's really fascinating to me about how you, how you um, kind of turn this debunking thing kind of on its head. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody's heard the term debunked, right? You know, you have the debunkers and the people. So debunking, I think the connotation being it's like fact checking. I think it's kind of synonymous with like fact checking, right? Like the fact checkers say, oh, that's been debunked, right? So we're flipping the script on them a little bit because all this stuff that they've been saying, oh, that's been debunked is now like on MSNBC, like Lena Wynn is coming on MSNBC now and like reporting on, you know, the things that were supposedly debunked. So what do we call that? So I'm calling all that stuff rebunked. Things are being rebunked at a rapid rate and it's almost comical and hilarious. <laughs> it's like almost every day something, you know, they're like, Oh, well, okay. Well, yeah. It's like another one like recently was like, okay, so Tennessee just made uh ivermectin legal, like over the counter, over the counter or without a prescription. I don't know exactly how that works. I read this article that said like Tennessee makes ivermectin uh, legal over the counter, despite no studies that show the effectiveness against COVID. And I'm just like, well, besides all of the studies that show the effectiveness against COVID, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. It's just insane. 
So I don't know if that's the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Like probably another one that I've been using is the idea of just like they're a complete 180 on like masking. And yeah. this was a, like a couple months ago, but the fact that like, you know, just so happens that, you know, they all kind of around the same time, they all, they all just kind of like change their tune on masking. Like they, they came up with the term one way masking. Right. Well, as long as you have your mask on, it's okay. You don't need to worry about it. It's like, lady, I've been saying that for two years. All right. Like, like, and in fact, I got studies right here that show that you wearing your cloth mask is actually very harmful to you. So like, you know, anyway, they're not, and they, they said that too, the cloth mask thing is just like, it's, they said, what did they say? A facial, facial decoration. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a pointless, you know, I think, I think Charlie Robinson, he, he gave the best description of the whole mask thing from when it started because, you know, at, at the very beginning, you know, Fauci had all those videos, right? Like you don't need to go walk around wearing a mask, all this, but like, mm -hmm. I love what Charlie said. He's like, they needed to, they needed to create a visual representation mm -hmm. of the virus because otherwise you go out into your community, you're looking around, there's no bodies on the streets. You're just, you're talking to your neighbors, you're, you're going to work, you're going to school, you're seeing your kids. All, all this stuff was, was normal. There was really nothing going on. But then when you see the mask, that's when, that's when the fear creeps in, right? Mm -hmm. Like now you're uh, afraid of your neighbor. Like, um, like, I don't know if you ever watched like any of those old like Twilight Zone uh, episodes and stuff, but like th there was a great one called um, the monster. I think it's called the Monsters on Maple Street, where this little um, town ha had heard rumors that there was like an alien invasion. Right. And they didn't know. Like, so then everybody was in fear of their own neighbor, you know, like thinking that they could have been an alien or you're an alien or you're this person's alien. In the end, it was really just the aliens up in space, just putting all the propaganda out there. Um, trying to get people wow. to fight against each other, and That's insane. It, and you saw, and I mean, that one came out probably 65, 70 years ago, and it's just, it's just wild to see that you know all of these things were, were set up. Like, and I don't know, you've talked about this, and you're talking about my show about the, about right versus left, mask versus no mask, this, this versus this. They, they want to just keep everybody fighting as long as possible, so they can just kind of continue to do all their, all, the, all their work in the dark, but. I think a lot of us have really been trying to break that kind of paradigm, right? Like I think we're, we're, a lot of us are in this kind of same same fight together. Um, the, the more we fight internally, you know, the, the harder it is for us to, 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 gain, to gain any traction, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I agree. I think there's a lot of sheep on both sides. I mean, there's no question about that. And I think they're, they're exploiting that. Absolutely. I mean, that is their main lever of control is to, to classify, create, two separate paradigms divide along those paradigms and then get them to fight amongst each other. I mean, that's just classic, classic stuff. And I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's any, but I think there's so many people that are recognizing it and seeing it for the first time. Like I even, I am admitting like, you know, even up until like, I remember like the 2020 election, I remember I was sitting in a room with some friends and there was like, Trump flags everywhere. And we're like, yeah, we're going to, you know what I mean? Like I was totally like, even though, even though I knew I like, like Ryan Christian, last American vagabond, Whitney Webb, Charlie Robinson, they're all like, you guys just, it's all, it's all bullshit. I, I still, I was totally like, yeah, let's get there. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I was still in it. And I knew, I knew in the back of my mind that they were right. And I would, I even said that on the show. I was like, I know that I'm getting played right now, but I just can't help it. You know? So even up until just very recently, I was so, caught up in this whole two-party thing you know what i mean and then after that i'm just like oh no 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 yeah. never 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 and now it's kind of interesting because i went to this uh the reawaken america tour uh this last what was it last couple weekends ago last weekend and it was pretty great i mean it was pretty awesome it was uh 
put on by this guy named Clay Clark. And it's like a very like it's like the whole mega crowd. You know what I mean? Make, make America Great Again crowd. But it was like all these other like folks that I've interviewed that I really wanted to meet. Like I got to meet like Judy Mikovits and uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Wakefield, Andrew Wakefield and Stella Emanuel. And uh, uh, who else? Like uh, oh, I got to hang out and have dinner with Richard Gage from Architects and Engineers 9-11. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I've been doing some like editing work for him too on the side. So we were like, we hung out like for like six hours just talking dude. it. was insane. It was like the coolest experience ever. But, uh, anyway, so like I got to meet all these really, these people that I look up to quite a bit, you know, it was a really awesome and powerful experience. But the other half of the whole thing was just like, you know, super, just like, like Eric Trump was there and I'm just like, mm, okay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it would, but everybody was just like, Argh. it was, it was, it was just, I was just like, it was very cringy. A lot of it was very cringy. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Like, it, it, and it's like what we said, it, it, it's about, it's about the emotion, you know, like yeah. we always talk about the emotion on, on the other side about the, the narratives they want to push, but like people, people are being played on the other side as well. And, but I think a lot of them also on, on any side, they have good um, motives for, for believing in the people that, that they do, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think a lot of people want I think people inherently want this country to to succeed, but but I but I think that um, j just feeding into that and not really, you know, going after like like the core of the Death Star, right? Like yeah, versus totally. just kind of flying over the surface. Um, totally. You're kind of you're kind of missing missing the boat. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I was in the same boat as you with with the whole the whole Trump thing. I mean, I have some kind of embarrassing episodes that I have in the archives that uh, I I haven't listened to in a while just because it's so cringy. I was like talking about how. You know, Rudy Giuliani was going to come save us, and they were going to sure. they, they were going to overturn all this stuff, and it's going to be completely awesome. I'm like, man, oh yeah, but but it's it's all a learning experience, and yeah. I, but I think you have to go through that to yep. to grow and learn. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure from your background in in addiction and in um, helping people with addiction, you 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 go through these failures, and you need to learn from this kind of oh, stuff. Totally. And so so it, it's healthy to a certain extent to to go through those failures as long as you learn from them. Totally. Yeah. And exactly. So, you know, no shame. It was, it was all a growing process. Like Charlie has obviously woken up to that a long, long before we did. So it's all good. But, uh, man, but you know, I see it like, like for, for example, like this whole thing that's in the news now about like the snake venom thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like I saw that, like I, I at first I'm like, hmm, that's interesting, but I still, like, I've always had a weird feeling about that artist guy. He just rubs me the wrong way. And then like Stu Peters, like I'm not really a hundred percent on board with that guy either. I don't know. Like something, something, something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but without like, you know, attacking the messenger, like I was just like, I don't know, something's weird. Something's weird here. And then like some further analyses that I've heard, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Plus like the whole, the whole thing on the, what is it? The, the watch the water thing. That's like a whole cue thing. And I'm like, oh, they're just like trying to like, yeah, we're, people. We're, yeah, we're doing that. We're doing that again. Yeah. It's, yep. it, it, it's like, um, I was talking about this on another show I did. It's like these red herrings they put out there, right? Yeah. It's like it's like the object or something in a movie that a character is trying to strive for, and in the end, like it really wasn't what they were what they were trying to get. You mm -hmm. know, like it's the whole joke about like all those romantic comedies where like this guy's trying to find this girl, and it's like, oh, it was really just the girl next door the whole time. Like you spent yeah. the whole movie trying to go after this, and it was really just uh, something else that was closer. But um, I do want to talk about you know a, a few situations recently. You know, we talked about you know some different people out in the media. It's like, do you, do you trust this person? Do you not trust this person? Um, you know, Elon Musk, mm -hmm. uh, you know, is, is a really big name, a very polarizing name out there. You know, you know, I have my opinions on, it. I know what other people feel about it. I kind of wanted to get, get your take on what you feel about, about him and some of the stuff that he wants to do. If, if you think he's legit, if you think there's something else going on there. 
Yeah. So um, it's so funny. I actually just went on with Charlie on his show. He had me on, what was it, yesterday? And I'm super stoked. Nice. It's not going to be out for a few more weeks. But uh, but yeah, that was super. That was a huge uh, honor to be on that show. But uh, he, we, we talked about that a little bit. And I think like kind of one of the things I looked at, one of the things I've been looking at lately, and I've, I've talked about this on like other shows, but it's the idea of like the the false idol, right? And then the idea of the false idol being like something that they build up as uh, something that can be, you know, put on a pedestal that people completely basically, you know, outsource their beliefs upon, you know, you just like look at this idol and be like, oh my God, this person's going to, they're our savior or this person's going to fix everything. You know what I mean? And then what they can do is once you've, you fully bought into this character and this is exactly like with Trump, like this is exactly what we saw with Trump, right? First, Everybody was like, oh, my gosh, this is our knight in shining armor. This is the person that's going to come save the day and clean up the whole deep state and all like Hillary Clinton and everything, dude. Like he's going to fix all of our problems. Right. And then at the end of the day, when the smoke clears, you realize that he's like the biggest vaccine salesman, warp speed guy in the history of the universe. And it's like, oh, geez. OK, how did that even happen? Like, how did I get to this point? You know, it's like the same thing with like the Disney kids. Right. You can like 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 a Miley Cyrus type character or whatever. Britney Spears, they they build up these these idols that get a whole generation of people to just worship and idolize them in every single way. And then they can just crash and burn and like, like demoralize, like literally like make a morally corrupt, you know, entire generation. You know what I mean? Like, so you take, you build up this, this figure and then you can crash and burn, or you can steer that figure however you want to manipulate the masses, you know? And I would say like Elon, I, I look at him like that, or at least I'm a, now I'm more aware of the idea of a false idol. And I'm just like, watch out, man. You know, there's some huge red flags. Like, yeah, sure, he's saying all the right things, but he's playing at a level that we can't even comprehend. You know what I mean? Like, like the levels and and people that he's interacting with, and and I I just don't know. I mean, again, it would be nice, it would be cool if if there was some positivity that would come out of it. But at the same time, you know, he's literally developing the technology that we're like rallying and fighting against. You know, and he's at the spearhead of that. And then, and then. And then his girlfriend. Have you seen his girlfriend? Oh, Grimes. Yeah. I mean, what, talk talk about there? satanic occult imagery <laughs> all over. Like not even not even hidden. It's just all over. Just go to her Instagram page. It's, yeah. It, it's she all like, it's all over the place. It looks like she's like 10, too, which is so weird. I don't know if they're like trying to do that intentionally. And then and then did you hear this? Like she who she's dating now? You know who she's dating now? Uh-uh. Okay, this is a big one. This is a big one. Chelsea Manning. Chelsea Manning. Brad Manning, you know, you know, the whole WikiLeaks, like, yeah, damage, like, wait a minute, my brain just exploded, right? <laughs> like, what? So, yeah, dude, it's crazy. I don't know. So Elon, I mean, more power to him if he can make some sort of impact, if maybe he's, but you know what I mean? Like, I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Like, like, once you get to that level, like, is he, is he like gone rogue? Yeah. Or has he always been built up as this character to, to, to he's playing a role, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. he's just playing. And, and it kind of goes back to the Trump point, right? Like at one point we thought like, okay, every 99.9% of the billionaires are corrupt except this one guy, right? Like he's yeah. the, he's the exception. So it's like uh, Trump and Elon Musk are the two benevolent billionaires, but, but all the rest of them are garbage, Yeah, you know? So, it, so it's like, um, yeah. And plus like with the, the technology he's he like people told me he's like well you know he he's even come out and said that he doesn't think ai technology should go too far it's like he he runs tesla which is self-driving cars like that's as ai as you can possibly get you know in in this Mm -hmm. day and age and then talk about the neuralink brain kind of stuff it's uh it's very it's just very concerning to me that 
like you said about a false idol, you know, going back to a lot of obviously biblical stuff too, yeah. like they raise these physical golden idols up and, and worship them and, and, sacri and sacrifice themselves and people to them, you know, and, and you're seeing, I'm seeing people on, on kind of both sides of the aisle really, really kind of latching on to this guy for certain angles. And that's kind of what's concerning the most to me about this, you know, um, there's, there's the golden idol aspect. There's obviously, you know, talk about, you know, the book of revelation, antichrist, false prophet, all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Like that's probably, you know, maybe being a little dramatic about it, but that's the, that's the prototype. That's kind of the template of what kind of person can we get to unite all these people with a false sense of hope and security and light, what, what have you. And then, like you say, once they're all on board, you got them. Yeah. You know, is, yeah. is it, is it in, in my opinion? Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think he's, he's a good guy, but I don't know if, if, if it's going to lead to more terrible stuff or if it's just kind of another one of these tests where they say, okay, well, we, we prop this guy up out there and this is the information we got about how people reacted to it. So when we run another scheme, you know, in 2028 or 2030, we know, we know how to attack the situation now. So it can kind of go a few different ways, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man, like he says a lot of the right things maybe, but then at the same time, I feel like that's, he's leading us down a dark path potentially in other ways too. Like all everything that he's developing. Like, I don't know. It's definitely an anomaly and a mystery for sure, but it's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. But, uh, well, I was going to say, I was like, like speaking of Disney, like one of the things I wanted to ask you about, like while we're here, like the whole Disney thing, Disney kids, like, holy shit. Um, well, I was curious, like how, you know, how much like control, like George Lucas has over his franchise anymore? Like, is he involved with it anymore? Or is, is Disney completely? Yeah, it, it's pretty much completely uh, Disney run. It's so Lucasfilm itself still is basically their own like business entity within the Disney corporation. But you know, Lucas, he basically gave up in his entire interest, you know, I think 10 years ago. Mm. Um, he, he had the thought that he could still somewhat be involved, you know, like, like all billionaires do. They probably think they want their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he got $4.2 billion or something to that effect. And ridiculous. But he thought he was still going to be on to help out with some of the movies and just as a behind the scenes kind of guy, right? A creative consultant or something to that effect. And it would have done him well to kind of keep that continuity alive because uh, I don't know if, if you've seen it, the newer ones, but it, it just doesn't really, yeah. it doesn't really jive with, with the prior, with the prior stuff in a lot of, in a lot of different ways um, yeah. that they would, that would have served them right to have some kind of uh, creative over that entire, uh, in, entire process yeah. um, because you saw kind of it, a lot of delve into some woke politics and, and stuff like that, which is kind of, you know, it, it, it sucks, but like, you know, I'm not really, I don't think anybody should really be surprised that, that Disney, you know, I think a lot of people recently have been very surprised about what Disney's been, been up to, but I mean, they've been doing this stuff for, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, as far as putting stuff in their, in their programming, um, hidden. I think, I think a lot, I think it was a lot more hidden back in the day. Um, you know, whenever, you know, Disney used to, there's a whole Disney working with the CIA and all that kind of stuff from yeah. like the fifties and sixties. It's, it's pretty, pretty wild stuff for anybody to, to look into and research. But, you know, a lot of people are, are, are awake to that now about all the, all the crazy stuff that they want to, that they want to push, but it's like, you know, they, man, they've been doing it for, for, for so long. And yeah, and as far as, you know, star Wars goes, yeah, Lucas, I think he wanted to be involved for a little while, but they just basically like, no, we want to. We want to go our own direction and it really uh really you know served them wrong in the end
Yeah, man, that's crazy. You know, I've got an affinity for like Lucas Arts, like like those video games. Remember those yes. old school, like PC video games, like Monkey Island and oh. uh, Zach McCracken. And, yes, uh, yes. You know those games like Loon. Yes, Mon yes. Dude, Monkey Island, like that is just like Monkey Island is 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 one of the games. I actually I still have it on my phone. Like they created so, a, oh, really? an iPhone an iPhone version oh, of it, dude, which like I, need to get that. I was like, man, crazy crazy nostalgia like just those kind of point and click games like yeah. you know games are so like i don't know if you're a gamer now, but like I, I can't even for for like probably 10 years i haven't been able to, to play any new video games just because it's it's too intense it's too realistic that's, it's dude, that's it you know, I, I i love playing video games i literally have not like like i said like dude i'm an addict man i'll just fucking go off on that shit like <laughs> no i'm good i know myself well enough to know that that's just it's getting too good it's getting too good i wouldn't be able to handle it <laughs> Yeah, those LucasArts games where you just kind of point and click, like oh, go yeah. here, do this, do this. Like, there's an Indiana Jones one, which is yes. pretty great. Like yes. Zach McCracken, uh, I think was always my. That was like the first one I ever played. Did you ever play that one, Zach? McCracken, yeah, I, I did play that uh, super hard. It's super super hard. It's I was wondering, you just got to click like every point on the screen to try to find the thing that you need yeah. to find in the room. Like, so you just manage to just have to oh. click every single every single yeah. pixel uh, on the screen. Do you remember that one? Um, maniac mansion yes maniac was, mansion, yes. was the was the other one where he's like you got to go to this mansion you have multiple characters like yeah. it's very like innovative style yeah. of play where mm -hmm. you have one house you you can switch between four different characters they can all do different things yeah. and like you know back in that day it's like shoot there was no guide on how you're supposed to do mm -hmm. this i mean i remember playing it as a kid like I, I I can't I can't beat this this is too ridiculous I you know as an adult yeah. I kind of started looking into some of the the cheats and stuff like that because I just wanted to know more about that story but uh yeah dude that's that's great those games were were really oh, really man. fun absolutely like I, I yeah I, I just remembered all that I'm like oh yeah Lucas Arts <laughs> dude yes I'm gonna have to look into that it's cool they have like web bait or uh phone based ones I'll have to look into that yeah they brought a, a few of them to 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 uh to the the phone apps and stuff so like I know uh the Monkey Island is one. There's another one called yeah. Full Full Throttle. I don't know if you heard of that one. Mm. It was kind of like a. It was kind of a little bit Maybe. after those ones, but it was kind of like a. I think I remember you're, that one. You're a motorcycle dude or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a really great great time. And I'll, and I think when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they they scrapped the entire LucasArts division, which that that to me was a huge blow, because they those people were so creative and so innovative. Um, not to even not to mention you know, the Star Wars games they came out with too. I mean, sure, amazing, sure. amazing, great, great stuff that um, George Lucas, you know, funded himself because he thought there was a really cool way to take a lot of video games and stuff. And Disney at that point, no, we don't, we don't need any of that. We just need some more cookie cutter type video games. So it's unfortunate how all that rolled out. Gosh, man, that's so crazy. Like I just just literally in the last few weeks, like what a hellish descent into like awfulness disney's been experiencing man like how do you reconcile that like what do we what do we do how do we rescue star wars back from these, these evildoers <laughs> i i don't know you know uh, i i will say is you know my my thing would be just like you know go back and 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 look at all the stuff that they did beforehand yeah. you know i i think there's so much more agenda driven stuff that they're going to be trying to push now um that it is kind of turning turning a lot of people off so Definitely, if, if if you like if you like Star Wars and hate this era, just just like what you like, pull out those old books that you got, you know, from ten to fifteen years ago. You know, watch the old watch the old watch the old movies. You know, check out the pre that that pre era. But you're right; it is for me specifically. It's a very hard pill to swallow to be a Star Wars fan because it's it's intricately linked now with 
with Disney and um, it's really hard to to reconcile my my fandom with that. But, you know, I, I, I will just say that, you know, I'm going to continue to watch kind of the stuff coming out because I, I want people to kind of know what stuff they're pushing in there. Like, I'm not like, you know, like sacrificing myself or anything, right? I love it all, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's just um, there's there's a lot more stuff that's going to be pushed throughout a lot of these series that. I want just the kind of people to be to be aware of and, and cognizant of. And I think a lot of us are, but like um, there's a, a certain level that I kind of dive into this stuff that um, I, I really want people to understand what they're really trying to do here. Yeah, man, that's so incredible. And like, and the other thing that really, really you've inspired me, like, like Charlie obviously has been a huge inspiration. I've talked to him about this before, but like you actually like, actually went and wrote a book man like oh my god that is so inspired so i actually started writing a book i had this whole idea and then i kind of like it just kind of like ugh, i lost momentum on it and that was since you know starting the podcast and it was kind of a truth-related book and now i've got something heavy on my heart that i'm like okay i need to get this i was thinking about doing a documentary style I'm like i can just write a book and like the way you did it it's so inspiring it's like dude you don't have to write like a 800 page like freaking like yeah. monster text or anything like that like the way you did it, man, it was so like it's inspiring. I'm like, okay, this is this is realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was that like? What, what was what was that like? Like kind of like leading up to you making the decision, like, okay, I'm writing this. Like, what was that like? I'll tell you what, and it's it's all you know. I give a lot of credit to Charlie for this mm-hmm. because you know, early 21, I had you know kind of been a few months into my podcast, and I started listening to his show, and he did this he did this show. I think at the end of 2020, he's like, hey, like. Hit me up if you guys have any ideas for you know future guests or shows or anything. And and I and I wrote him an email. I kind of felt like an ass doing it, but I was like, hey, I I because he he laced a lot of Star Wars references throughout like his shows and stuff. So I'm like, hey, listen, I do this show. I talk about this kind of stuff. Um, I would love to come on and kind of talk to you about kind of how there's this kind of government rollout in in the yeah. movies and kind of how they they do all these like alien dialectic type stuff. And you know, I didn't really expect to get a response. Not not because I. I he, I thought he was like too high and mighty, but I, I just, I just, you know, he's a busy guy. He talks to, he's talking to Whitney Webb. He's like Ryan Christian, all these people. Like I'm not on that, that level. I'm just kind of a, I, I, look, look, I'm here with all my star Wars, like toys in the background. Right. But like, then he, he moved back. He's like, he's like, he's like let's freaking do it. Like, Oh shit. So I had to um, figure out what I wanted to talk about. And I basically wrote the outline down for that book when I kind of, when I went on his show and then I went on, um, you know, tinfoil hat kind of uh, about this kind of, intergalactic totalitarianism how this thing kind of rolled out um in these movies and then you know throughout all of last year i just kind of slowly started chipping away at it like like you know i i, I want i want to do it and it was i mean it's it was, it was a grind but it's like a very um it's one of those things that at the end like very fulfilling yeah. you know regardless of if you know and, and like i like to make a lot of like music myself too and like some of that stuff is like I, even if nobody hears it like i i'm i feel I feel proud of myself for, for doing it, you know? So it's one of those things I wanted to, at least just for myself to, to, to do it and get it out. But I thought there was a lot of great um, information there as well. So yeah, man, it, it was really a grind. It was kind of just working on it like an hour or two kind of every day for probably a six, seven month period. Wow. And, you know, it, it's after a while, man, it just kind of, it, it, it wears on you, right? It's like, yeah. you have an idea about doing something that's like, man, I, I made myself just kind of, stick with it and you know i obviously i think i made some mistakes along the way that i've kind of noted down for if i go through this process again but um the easy thing for me about it was like half the book was kind of already written because like i already knew the star wars stuff Mm -hmm. i just needed to find 
the proper ways to kind of tie it in with things in our world or, or things in things in history. Yeah. You know, so it was really researching that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, a lot of work, a lot of outlines. Actually, you know, I, I talked with Charlie one time I had like my whiteboard out. I had like this 10 yeah. step process of how I wanted to go through the book. And he was giving me some kind of pointers about, about writing and about, you know, how you publish and all that kind of stuff. So he's, you know, tremendously, tremendously helpful and impactful. And, you know, I was, he wrote the, the forward for it yep. as well, which I was immensely uh, grateful for him, for him to do. But yeah, at, at the end of the day, um, I, I feel like. I feel like it was a, it was it was a great a great experience, and I'll I'll definitely probably do it again. I don't know if I have an idea yet, but like it's it's one of those things. Like I I in in for me personally, like I love doing the podcast and everything. You know, don't get me wrong, but I, I just feel sometimes for me, like for my personality, sometimes I can convey stuff better in the written word versus mm-hmm. kind of an oral conversation. You know, you know, it, for, for me, like it it doesn't always come as natural. Um, these kind of conversations as, as, as a lot of people just kind of, kind of free, free flow, this stuff, you know, people who do podcasts, right. You're like two, three, four hours. They just kind of, you know, boom, they're, they're, yeah. they're doing it for, for me. It's a little bit more of a, a grind and more of a kind of introvert kind of in, in that, in, in that, in that way. So for me, writing the stuff down, I thought was, um, a better way to, tr- to truly kind of convey the message I was trying to get through. And I thought it was kind of the best, the best medium for me. So. That's, I really, that's awesome. really love doing it. So yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely re- say, say, man, like, yeah, do, do it. I, that'd yeah. be awesome. If you could do a book or a documentary, it'll be, it'll be incredibly and, and really well researched as well. Yeah. I, 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 it's really heavy on my heart to do. And like, it'll, it'll ha- basically be about addiction and like, you know, a little, like what's happened over the last couple of years in that realm. You know what I mean? Like, and I've got some good insight, but I, I don't know. I just need to just do it, man. I just need to start working on it. Oh, so you've, you've helped me with that. Like kind of break yeah. through and kind of see like, okay, this is like a realistic thing. Like, even when I see like Charlie's work, I'm just like, that's like unattainable for some reason. But like, for some reason, <laughs> like I think maybe we're on this like parallel track and I'm just like, right. okay, if Kyle can do it, damn it, I can do it, dude. Like, you know, yeah. and they did the audiobook too, which is so rad. Like, what was that whole process like? I'll tell you what, like if, if I did it again, I would probably um I would have probably done it all at the same time because I'll tell you what, as I was doing the audiobook, like I had the whole book in front of me as I was reading, I'm like, oh God, like I saw the grammatical errors, I saw the punctuation issues. I mean, what one part and I corrected in the audiobook, yeah. but like I think I attributed a quote to uh Franklin Roosevelt and it should have been another president. I'm like, oh my God. Like, and even like as I was listening to my myself record the audiobook. There's always all these times where I just had all these bloopers. I'm just like, ah, that went out there and it's like that. And it's like this, but it's like, it's all, it's all learning experience. Dude, it was, it, it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun to do like, like some of my podcasts, like little solo ones I do, I kind of write a script out for them anyways. So I was already used to kind of just kind of, you know, doing this stuff and, and some little music and stuff in the, in the background. So I was kind of already used to that process, but mm-hmm. like for, for how long, for how I, I underestimated how long an oh, audiobook man. is, yeah. you know, cause like a, an hour long, two hour long podcast is one thing, but like when it ended up being like four plus hours, I'm like, man, like I, I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to be able to, to piece it all together and, and, and edit it and produce it and stuff. But, um, it was just, it was just little, little by little, just kind of, um, getting through it and trying to make it as, as, as linear and as, you know, quality as, as, as possible. But I mean, that, that probably took me probably two, two to three months, just a little bit at night, just kind of ch- chipping away at it, recording a little bit, producing a little bit. And, and I did all on my phone too. Oh, wow. Like, okay, I, cool. That's cool. I, I did all the, re- all the recording on my phone. I, I threw it in GarageBand. I added some little musical notes yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And 
Um, it, but it was a fun, but it was a fun process. It was like making a huge, a huge thing. And it's it, like, like I said, in, in the end, it was just an ultimately really satisfying um, experience. Cause like you said, like, you know, when you talk about some people who are like authors and stuff like, yeah, look at Charlie's book, you know, like four or 500 pages. It's like yeah. very like overwhelming to think about that. But I'm like, you know, maybe I could do something a little bit, a little bit shorter mm-hmm. and kind of, and kind of see what, what works for So do I'm definitely, um, all on board to see what, what you're going to have in the future here. It's I, I know, I already know it. I already know it's going to be awesome. It's I'll say for any, for anybody out there, if you have any like creative ideas about something you want to do, just, just, just do it. Oh, you know, man. this is, this is the perfect time. You know, you can, you can write a song, you can make a, a video, you can make a document, you can put anything out there. You know, that that's one great thing I think about the world over the past few years is, is anybody can do anything that were, um, historically limited to like, people in big studios and stuff like that. Right. But, but you can, there's so many tools on your, on your, on your phone through, through, through OBS and StreamYard and zoom and and all this kind of stuff to, so if anybody has any ideas about, about doing so, I would say just, just, just go out and give it a try and see what happens. Yeah. And even with podcasts, yeah, there may be this misconception that there's already infinite hundred billion podcasts out there, but still, still, we don't have your podcast. Whoever's listening, you know, you don't have your little corner of the world shining out there. Like, like whatever your unique perspective is on the world, that's a unique perspective that isn't accounted for in the podcast realm. Like Kyle, with your idea, like, like the, the, the confluence of like, you know, government tyranny and the star Wars universe, like what a beautiful, like pairing of ideas, you know, and and that's going to resonate with so many people, you know what I mean? And so it's like, so important for everybody to really like, don't, don't, don't talk yourself out of starting a podcast. Like I already, you know what? I made a post the other day that was kind of along those lines on Instagram. I said, Hey, I don't care who you are, what you're doing. Like if you have it on your heart to start a podcast, like just freaking do it, just do it. Just press the record button, just go. And if you have any questions, hit me up and actually had somebody hit me up. And uh, kind of walked them through the whole process and told them, like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. I'm like, yes. I love that, dude. I just love that. And I hope that they do. If you're listening, I hope <laughs> they do, you know. Because uh, yeah. you're so right. You're so right. And it's so in- interesting. That's, that's kind of a paradox because, yeah, we have all the tools and technology available to us to literally do all the things that used to be reserved to a very select class of people. Like, in order to record a song, man, you had to have access to a recording studio. And you had to have, like, you know a producer and a record label and all this stuff is like, no, literally like, I didn't even know this until fairly recently, but garage band, I think is free now. You, like I always thought you had to oh, pay wow. like hundreds of dollars to get access to, but I have a, I've always been a windows guy, but I recently got a Mac and, and it's, it's free. So you just download it for free from the app store. I think they try to upgrade you to like whatever the thing is above that. I, I can't remember, but garage band itself is free. So I thought that was cool. So I've been taking around with it. I'm like, okay, cool. Cause I'm a musician too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's so cool. So there's that. And then like, you know, publishing, like, let's say you want to publish an article or, or, or whatever, like you can have your own TV show. Like you can have your own TV show that could potentially go out to like tens of thousands of people, you know, millions of people who knows, right. You know, these are things, these things are no longer reserved for special access or you, you don't have to like know somebody who knows somebody like you can literally just do it right now. Um, and, other- and you made You made a great uh, post the other day about, you know, some of your content up on, you know, band.video, you're like, you're like, some of this has more, more, more views than subscribers to like the CNN plus. Yeah. That that just shows you how the, how the power balance has shifted in the media. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so there's really, and that's, that was what I was going to say is the paradox is like now those institutions who traditionally and historically have been, you know, the gatekeepers and, and, you know, are reserved for, you know, special access and you need to have a producer and you need to know somebody who knows somebody to get on those platforms, all that's going away. You know, I don't think they're, they're going to be around much longer. Like once people realize, you know, collectively that 
not only is there better information out there for free everywhere, but also, you know, wow, these folks can actually step up and maybe do it themselves too. Like, like, it's just like the barrier of entry has been completely eliminated. And so, yeah, it's, it's amazing that we live in this powerful time of just uh, infinite, well, I wouldn't say infinite information exchange. I know all the YouTube troll, like all the little trolls, all you little, I'm not going to say it. I know what I said last time that got me kicked off. And I was making fun of the moderators on YouTube. And I know this is on YouTube, but I know you're listening right now. I got your finger on the little delete button right now. Your little pimply finger is right there on the delete button right now. But I'm not, I'm not going to call you out the way I called you out before. Cause I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to ruin Kyle's channel. Well, but. well hey, no, let's let's go ahead and talk about something that that YouTube doesn't like to to, to end it off here. You know, it, it's a topic that I haven't really got too much in. I know a lot of people have done a lot of really great research on it, but it's it's the whole the whole Russia and Ukraine situation. Okay, I kind of yeah. I kind of wanted to get your take and your thoughts about okay. what's going on from that from from that aspect. I kind of have, have some. I kind of have the gist of I think how how you you're you're leaning on it, but I kind of want to get some more some more info from you. Well, I mean, just, I'm just, just, okay, now they're getting really excited on that delete button right now. But <laughs> I was just like, we were talking before, like I, as a YouTube publisher, I got an email today and maybe you got it too. I don't know. Did you ever see that email? The one I was talking uh -uh, about? Uh -uh. So it basically says, dear publisher, due to the war in Ukraine, we will pause monetization of content that exploits, dismisses, or condones the war in Ukraine, right? And then the very last paragraph, it says, this pause includes, but is not limited to, claims that imply victims are responsible for their own tragedy or similar instances of victim blaming, such as claims that Ukraine is committing genocide or deliberately attacking its own citizens. So you're not allowed to even make a claim or insinuate that Ukraine is committing genocide or deliberately attacking its own citizens. Now, I have no idea whether they're doing that or not. I'm not going to make a claim that they are. But isn't that weird that they're like literally trying to steer this conversation in such a way that they're like very, very specific, very yeah. specific yeah. things that make you think like, why, why would they be trying to tell us not, yeah. why would they be telling us don't look over here? Uh, this is okay over here. Like, yeah. even if, even if like me, I have like no, no insight into it really, but like yeah. just those things are just red flags of, of some kind of psyop. Yeah, totally. hundred percent, man. And it's like, what, what type of, okay. It's like YouTube dude, like whatever, man, like you guys, you're just, you're just exposing yourself for being these silly, silly, silly little petty tyrants. I mean, that's all it is. Like, it's like, just relax, man. Just relax. Like we're not anyway, it just, it's just mind boggling and just so frustrating. It's just like, you know what I mean? Like how about instead of censoring or demonetizing, why don't we like have like an open conversation? Like that seems to be a much better policy. Like, Hey, let's do like a like a free speech seminar where we all get together and just and trade ideas about certain things and let the, let the good ideas beat out the bad ideas. Well, unfortunately, they can't have a reality where that is the case because they know their ideas will not, under any circumstances, hold up to any sort of debate or scrutiny or, or challenge in any way, shape, or form. So I don't know. Now I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even making a claim that there's anything. Like, I don't really know much about what's going on over there either. I, I I've just kind of like written it all off as like propaganda across the board. Like, and, and I'm, I'm seeing, I'm definitely seeing a, a, a crisis control situation happening, you know, with like the monetary system. And it's like, they're saying, well, Russia, you don't get to use our money anymore. They're like, fine, great, awesome. We're going to go do this and your economic system is going to be impacted by it. So it's like, right. It's so ridiculous. Like, so I don't know, man, I don't really have many thoughts to say, but uh, I just yeah. don't like it when they literally come at you and say, you are not allowed to talk about this topic. I mean, don't they know that that's just going to make me want to talk about that topic every time? Yeah, it's the whole Streisand effect. Like they, they have yeah. never learned that that is not the right way to the, the right way to 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 uh, deal with it is just to ignore it. 
yeah. you know, and, and if they and if they would ignore it, then they would kind of hope it goes away. But but trying to tell you specifically, you cannot talk about this, this or this. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just makes you think and like some of like just the news articles and stuff about this. And we all know kind of the news is corrupt. But mm-hmm. all I see across Twitter is these different stories. But they just keep putting all these things in like air quotes. I'm like, like they said they were using genocidal this or they said they were doing this and this. It's like when you're putting all this stuff in like these air quotes, like I, I don't even know if the people writing it are believing their own their own horse crap at, at, at that point. But like, I, I think the, the biggest takeaway for me with this whole situation is just, I've seen people already get way overboard one side or the other on this. And, and that's exactly where they want us to go. It's either, you know, uh, the, the leader of Ukraine is, is our savior and we should all put our trust in him. Or it's like, do you know what Putin is doing for all this kind of stuff? He's really fighting this battle for all of us. And it's like, it's like, it's like, come on, you, you have to, you have to land somewhere in the middle and, and know that both of these characters have a role to, to play in, in what the end game is. I don't, I don't necessarily know. I mean, none of us really know, but I, I've already seen so many people that I thought had learned their lesson kind of jump headfirst into, um, I know everything about what's going on here and it's this, 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 this. And I think some of those may be true, but also as these things are still unfolding, like no, nobody can really say a hundred percent, that they know what's going on because yeah. it, it's impossible. Yeah. I just, I just think it's hilarious that the, the media whipped all these progressives up into a frenzy over like literal Nazis that are like super transphobic and like, you know, very pro second amendment, very pro gun. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they got them like, like what's next? They're literally the next step now is to get them all like worshiping Trump. Like that's going to be the big one. Oh, oh, great. Yeah. And just the, the irony and the hypocrisy is like, you know, a year ago you couldn't see your family, but now people in Europe, like now you, now you, you should really be taking in Ukrainian refugees. Oh yeah. Wait, wait, wait a second. Is that not a, is that not a COVID violation? You know, like obviously Mm. there's nothing wrong about taking in people that need help. That's obviously not the, not the point, but, but it's like they, uh, they told you two years ago you couldn't go see your grandpa when he was dying okay yeah. and now you need to now you need to help out strangers in every way yeah. in any way shape or form it's like you, you you they think and i think the problem is you know with all this is and you'll probably agree too is that most people have such short attention spans that uh they they don't they, they probably don't even recall some of this stuff from, from a few years ago but there's just so much propaganda that they're just on to the next thing no, totally. Like, I think the attention span thing for sure, but it's also, I feel like maybe trauma as well. Yeah. Like, you know, trauma by its own nature kind of like tends to like be reclusive. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, like childhood trauma, like there's a lot of instances, you know, that's how people create these like disassociative identities, right? Where it's like almost like, you know, a fracturing of your psyche is created through trauma. And it's like, this has been an extraordinarily traumatic experience for probably like most of humanity. And uh, it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if like there's some sort of condition happening where it's like as soon as they were given permission to stop obsessing about COVID, then immediately like it's almost like almost as like a trauma response, just like compartmentalized that whole area of the last two years. It's like, okay, Ukraine, you know, I have permission to now not be so riled up about COVID. And now it's all about Ukraine. You know what I mean? And, 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 and there's something psychological going on there. But yeah, the compartmentalization through trauma and, uh, yeah, man, I think that, that maybe has something to do with it too, you know? Like I said, right. see, I, I, I feel it too. Like COVID feels like a bad dream. Like out here in Oregon, even though you still go to the store, like half the people are still wearing masks. It's like 
good job citizen you're just like super citizen buddy now like these 2022 mask people like good lord like, <laughs> yeah like, even here in ohio we're like the mandates have been gone for a long 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 time just like there's still people just living in that trauma-based mindset where they where they think they need to continue to do these things just to kind of like get ahead of the curve or, or, or something so i guess um to uh, kind of final note kind of where do yeah. you see where do you see this stuff kind of especially like with the COVID stuff, how do you see that progressing in, into 2020? Do you think there's, I think there's going to be a, um, a, another kind of wave or whatever they've been talking about. Do you think this is just going to kind of continue on in, in perpetuity? What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, yeah, I feel like, okay, especially considering there's a quote unquote election coming up, right. They're going to need to do something to justify whatever trickery they got going on. So, um, yeah, I feel like they're, they've got plenty of tricks up their sleeve. Um, I think that they're going to be hard pressed to pull off another virus thing lockdown thing here in the united states even though it's like apparently allegedly like i'm still not buying the whole china thing like i think it, to me like what we're seeing now with like them like did you see like the video of them like beating the dog like with the sticks like like that sort of stuff like yeah you're going through and like murdering pets and like that that this all rings of like this time two years ago when it was like you know the people collapsing in the street sort of thing so it's just like i don't know i mean maybe it's probably all just like propaganda maybe i don't know but maybe maybe i don't know i just don't know so they're going to try and do something, man. But like, again, we can rally ourselves and our communities and build our yes. own supply lines and just pull back to where the goal being is that like, no matter what they throw at us, like cyber attacks, they take the grid down, they collapse the dollar, whatever, dude, whatever, uh, no fertilizer, like whatever the case may be, like we can still thrive in our own little communities. That's, that's, that's the goal, man. Like, so bring it on folks, bring it on. I, I love it. And I, I love your, I love your positive energy about all this. Because you know we can we can talk about all the the nasty terrible kind of stuff, but it's like if 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 that's not if that's not um, coupled with how do we get out of this, you know, that, and that's a big problem I've had with people. Not even without all this COVID stuff, just like in general, when people come to me talk about their problems and stuff, it's like, okay, but what are you going to do? Yeah. If if you're not going to do anything about this problem you have, then why are we even talking about it? Yeah. Let, let, let don't 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 waste your breath. If you're just, if you're just, you know, I don't mind being a sounding board in situations, but it's like, I, I'm, I want to help. I want to, and I think it's just something inherently in our nature. Like we want to help people fix their problems and our problems as well. But it's like, you inherently want to fix something when you hear something is, is broken. So I definitely, I, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing with the show. I love what you're doing with trying to talk with people that have solutions and ideas and dude, it's, it's super, it's super awesome. So thank you for uh, everything you do, man. My pleasure. Thank you, Kyle, man. Super glad we got to connect and like your work has uh, really lit a fire in me as well, man. So I really appreciate you and everything you're doing as well, dude. Absolutely. Dude, thanks. Thank you so much. That really, that really does, does mean a lot. I wanted to, I'm glad I was able to kind of put something out there that would, would, would help people. So awesome. um, yeah. Scott, tell everybody where they can, where they can find you, how they can uh, follow your work and, and get in touch with your show. Sure. So uh, yeah, Rebunked is the new show. Uh, the website is rebunked.news. You can find all the video platforms. I say Rockfin is the home rockfin.com forward slash rebunked on all your podcast players. And then on the website, rebunk.news, you'll find like all the social media telegrams, probably the best spot, but yeah, that's it. We're just kicking butt. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, Scott, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. We'll, we'll have to do this again. There's always more, there's always Absolutely. more to talk about. You know, there's, Absolutely. There's, there's no shortage of things to talk about, but um, thank you for everybody who, uh, who tuned in live on, on rockfin, YouTube and Twitter. I definitely uh, appreciate that. Um, and as always, I'm conspiracy Kyle. And may the force be with you. And God bless.